Hi everyone, uh, Dave here. I uh, hope we've not missed me too much, uh, but here we are back with Legends of the Spire uh, and another interview this week uh, with a former player. And I had a good chat with Ryan Williams. Now, Ryan, as you all know, was a very direct, pacey winger, uh, liked to get everyone up off their seats uh, and had some really good uh, memories of his time with us. Obviously, local boy himself, uh, so to get a chance to play for the town, obviously really special for him. He was here at that turn of the millennium era, the latter part of John Duncan, unfortunately, when we got relegated, uh, and then part of Nicky Law's squad, which got promoted the season after. Obviously, a very turbulent time around then as well. Very much encourages to go and listen to the podcast I did with Nicky Law and with other players around then, like Sean Parrish, Luke Beckett, uh, David Reeves, as uh, everyone had an opinion on that time, but obviously on the pitch, um, a very successful one. Uh, as we had a chat with Ryan. Uh, as always, I'm on Spire Legends on Twitter and Instagram and Legends of the Spire on Facebook, so it would be great to hear from you. And as always, there's a few of Ryan's goals as we go along throughout the interview as well uh, to show what he was like as a player. Also roomed with Michael Owen, which we'll go into too. But here we are with the one and only Ryan Williams. Enjoy. I've had quite a few from like your era. Obviously, I had Reevesy on, uh, Luke Beckett's been on, Sean Parrish. Uh, loads, actually. Loads and loads. I'm trying to, yeah, trying all, to think. all them guys, like I say, they were... Um, when I, obviously, I was a young boy in that dressing room. And yeah. They was uh, great characters. You know, like, I, I learned a lot from them. Good and bad. <laughs> <laughs> Are you like the lamb to the slaughter when, when it's yeah. like a young guy in the dressing room? Oh, God, yeah. So I was... Uh, I was, um, how can I uh, learn the hard way? <laughs> <laughs> if anyone's going to get the, the toes out of the socks cut off, it's going to be you then, is it? Oh, yeah. Like I say, uh, there, was a, there was a few times like that. But the, like I say, the su- senior boys there and just honestly, great, great fellas. Great fellas. And like I say, they put you in good stead as you know, as you get older and you realise actually they're proper, proper fellas and, you know, mm. they're good guys. Yeah, yeah. I've, like I was just looking through the list from that time. So obviously, like Jamie Hewitt's been on, Tom Curtis, Reeves E, Steve Wilkinson, Andy Leaning's been on. Um, yeah, Beckett, Reeves E. Yeah, lo- loads of them. So it's uh, always yeah, always like a good say, time you, to you go about. through you go through that list and it's it's endless. You know, like um, a lot of experienced boys. You know, football league players, top players, and uh, but I think it was more not only learning from the football side, but just genuinely as as people, you know, and, you know, sometimes they give you some stick, you know, and it, as a young boy, it's either sink or swim. So it's, uh, that's how you learn the hard way sometimes. But <laughs> do you know what? As further down the line, I thought, do you know what? Them guys have done well for me, you know, and I understand it now. Do you know, mm. as when you're in the changing room and for like, more clubs you go to, you actually think, actually, yeah, it's, uh, I get why them guys are doing it now. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose even in a changing room like that, even like the so-called veterans, still young men really, aren't they? Um, yeah, of course they are. Like I say, they're all young at heart as well because they all, like I say, they, they never grow up like Peter Pan, really. They're, uh, you know, they, they're old boys, but they're not because they've always got that football mentality, you know, changing room environments and playing pranks and, mm. you know, stuff like that. But you can never switch off. 
and yeah. you know training every day was always, there's always something going on always something going on and uh like i say they're old boys but they're always young at all really mm. yeah brilliant so where it all began so you were kind of so you'd have been growing up around football on that cusp of like Premier League era coming in, wouldn't you? Yeah. You'd have like, um, you'd have been like what early teenager or just a teenager or something like that around the early nineties. Yeah, I think so. Early nineties, like I say, I was always brought up in. Um, I always went to school around Chesterfield. I was, I was at school at Tupton Hall, which uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. not far away, which you know of. And mum and dad still live in Wingworth. I was brought up in well. Majority of my life, I've lived in Wingworth, which is obviously really just outside Chesterfield. And, you know, I, I class that with Chesterfield always as well. You know, I've got a lot of friends around there and uh, school friends and stuff like that. And, you know, it's a big part of my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, when it was a uh, premiership years, it was a coming where we used to watch it. It was big exciting times where it used to be on a, I think it was a Friday night or whatever it used to be. You know, that music come on and, I used to think, oh, be amazing, you know, to play full time mm. one day, and uh, it used to be a dream of mine. And obviously, I never got to that level, but it was like say, even to play at any level, any full time level, and to play for me, obviously, I classed my own time club. Mm. Uh, it was, it was a you know, dream come true, really. Who were your kind of footballing kind of heroes, kind of obviously, or, or non football inspirations I, as well? I always loved Gaza, so mm. Gaza was. For me, unbelievable. You know, I I watch him. I don't even watch him now. You know, I watch like the documentaries. I went yeah. to an evening with Gazza, which was at Chesterfield Stadium, where a few of my friends, you know, which was mm. I think last year or something like that. But you just something about him. Like Gazza was like number one for me, and everything about him as a guy, personality, just phenomenal player. And you know, I I always looked up to him. And you know, when I when I was a kid. And um, not always maybe off field, but I think like you know when you watch him on the field, the player it was unbelievable player, and you know, and even though I was an out and out winger, but you know Gazza was the one for me which got me you know intrigued in football, and I thought you know what, yeah, you know this is this is what it's all about, you know, and then obviously yeah. you always come in ninety six, and it was just it's just a knock on effect from there really. And, you know, another another player of mine, really, probably a bit of... Um, I love watching Janino, which is a mm-hmm. Brazilian guy. Obviously, yeah. I'm only small in stature, so it was always someone I thought, you know what? He was like, he can make it in football, even though he's tiny. You know, if you've got that art and you've got that ability and you've got that desire, you can do it. Because I always got told a lot of times that, nah, he'll never make it. It's too small, it's too small. Mm-hmm. But I used to be like, you know, well, not for me, but he's all my old man, really. He was like, believe in yourself, believe in yourself, because if you've got ability, it'll shine through, you know. And uh, I was always, I, I used to get down sometimes, you know, as a young boy, I was immature, and I got a lot of knockbacks and stuff like that. But I believe, like, he was more my dad, really. You know, he made me believe in what I was doing. And, um, you know, I thank him for that. I really mm. thank him for that. And, you know, and I worked hard. Like from 15, 16, 17, 18, worked on fitness and stamina and gym work. And I thought, you know, if I'm small in stature, I've got to do them extra bits. And, you know, like I say, it was my dad, really. Like I say, he, he was the one who kept me driving and believing in myself. So, yeah, I owe a lot to him, really. Mm. 
Yeah, it's funny. It's like a a common story that I've heard from a, a lot of players. I had Sam Klukas on recently, who's obviously now at Stoke. Um, yeah. And he was the same, got discarded from so many clubs because people yeah. went, you're one of the best. Technically, you're one of the best in the group, but yeah. you're just not very tall, so you're never going to make it. And you you just know think... what? It, it makes me chuckle, really, because I thought we'd got away from all that, you know, high business, blah, blah. I look at the best players in the world and, you know, you Xavi, you Nesta, Messi, you know, it's endless. And I think, come on, we're not in we're not in ancient times now. Do you know these guys are tiny, technically unbelievable ability upstairs. Do you know? Yeah. Come on, we're not. You know these guys are world class players, and you don't need to be a tall, tall like a physically specimen. Of course you do. I get you need to be athletic. You need to, mm. you know, a lot of tools. But height is just, you know, we're not in the nineteen sixties now. Do you know it moves on and. I think, obviously, I think nowadays, I think we need to look at that. You know, mm. we look at that and a lot of the so-called world-class players in the last 15, 20 years, you probably find that actually they're not actually big. So, you know, <laughs> it's laughable sometimes, really. Um, so at what point did, uh, did like, a football career, was was there a moment where you thought, oh, actually, I could have a career out of this? Was it a contract or a I, moment or something I like think, that? I think it was more that um, I was getting, I was playing in, um, playing for a guy, uh, Tinkor Adas, which is both near Wolfram, in the Derby City League. And then, obviously, I was playing as a young kid at um, Tevisel, which is also, the, um, I think it was Mansfield District League or something mm-hmm. like that. And, um, there was a lot of scouts coming to these games and stuff like that and showing a lot of a lot of interest and, you know, oh, we'd like to take him on, on trial and we'd like to have a look at him and Forrest come, I went there for a few weeks, you know, and went there, but I was going there, playing with different kids who was coming from Ireland, Scotland, mm-hmm. all over the place. And uh, I was saying to my dad, uh, you know, I'm, fine. I'm saying I don't know whether I'm playing with you know, one week to the next, I'm like playing with nine different players, you know, every week. I said, I don't get it. And uh, he said, well, you know, but the thing is, he said, oh, people are showing interest in you. So you need to, like, keep that upbeat. And I'd like, say, keep upbeat and keep doing what you're doing because, you know, you're doing something right. And I think that was a time in my life, like 14, 15, and I thought, do you know what? Yeah, he's right. You know, I was maturing a bit, as you know, as a kid. Hmm. And uh, but yeah, I, you know, I can do this. You know, I can do this as long as I work hard. You know, and make sacrifices, I, I can do it. Or have a good do- job at doing it. And uh, I think that's when I believe that I could actually have a career in it. You know, kind of thing. Yeah. I think I'm probably about fifteen, sixteen year old. Did you ever have a backup plan? Or anything like uh, that. Do you Were you made backup? to have a backup plan? Because you know why? I, I, I was never, I was never clever, never clever at all at school. You know, and everything based around sport. You know, I love my football. I love my cricket. Hmm. I loved every every sporting aspect. I loved it. You know, and in my art of art, I loved probably. Eventually, I liked to be a PE teacher, but I didn't have a backup plan. If I'm being honest, no. <laughs> I, I, Put me all my eggs in one basket, and uh, I thought, you know what, I want to do this, and I'm going to do everything in my power to try and do it. So, nothing wrong with a bit of laser focus. <laughs> no, exactly. But so I say, if, if it had backfired, I'd, I don't know what I'd have done. <laughs> <laughs> so you end up at uh, at Mansfield, don't you, as a 
Yeah, well, again, that's another thing, really. So, obviously, I was at Forest as a young kid. I like, a couple of months at Forest, and I told you about, literally, about the story what had gone off there. And uh, Mansfield was always in the background saying, oh, you know, want it to come, want it to come, want it to come. And uh, and then eventually they came to me and said, look, there was one who said to me, right, want to sign your schoolboy forms. And also, we want we want to take the also want to offer you YTS already. Mm. So they was the one really at the time who made the punch to say, right, here's your first star in football. You know, you've got a YTS, you've scored by five YTS, you've got two years training full time. See what you can do. And for me at the time, I was like, well, you know, that's the best that's there. You know, I'm I'm happy enough. I've finished school or college or you know, and I'm going straight into full-time football. And uh, that was how Mansfield come about. You know, I was travelling, I think for the first eight, eight, nine months, I was living in digs there. Mm-hmm. And then obviously I passed my test and then I was travelling from obviously mum and dad's in, in Chesterfield. So it was a bit weird going from Chesterfield to Mansfield every day. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it. Like I say, it's a bit swear words on there, isn't it? But uh, I was, as a young boy, I was like, what, 17, 18? I was travelling there every day, you know, just trying to think, make a way in life, you know, to try and make a living in football. So mm-hmm. they, like I say, there was my, the first stop where I wanted to, you know, they give me the opportunity to train every day. Yeah, I can't remember which player it was I was talking to now, but they were, they were saying that they lived in Mansfield, but they had like a, a Chesterfield FC company car and it said Chesterfield FC on the side of the car. And they had to well, I'll say that's in. a great, that's a great, I will say there must have been some scratches on that car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say that's a brave man having a Chesterfield car in Mansfield and vice versa, by the way. It isn't it? You'd get yourself a cover or something for it, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, I least? think so, yeah. Meeting <laughs> that have a job, I think. <laughs> so what were the first few games like then? In, in like uh, just getting on the pitch. I, uh, when I uh, broke into Mansfield's first team, uh, Andy King was a manager at the time. Uh, God bless him. Um, I have to say he was fantastic with me. Um, you know, he again. We go back to the, you know, size things, blah blah blah. Andy King said he was the one who said to me, "Listen, I ain't bothered about size. If you've got ability and you could do a job for me, that's good enough for me. Hmm. And I think you're good enough. I'll play you." So obviously I played for the youth team and played for the reserves and as a young boy doing all right. And then all of a sudden it was like, right, you're in. So I was like, oh, oh my God, this is that, you know, this is happening. You know, I went to Leighton Orient that day and, uh, you know, you play, you're playing against grown men. You're a young boy, you're thinking, well, is this happening kind of thing? And he, he was one of them. I played about 15, 20 minutes, come off at bench or whatever and, but you know what? It, again, I got back on that coach and I had to make tea, coffee, you name it, for three and a half, four hours on my own. <laughs> it up, like, like, you know, absolutely, it was like back down to earth, right? Get this done, get this done, get this done. I was like, you know what? I've not made it at all. Mm. Not made it at all. I've, I've had a slight little inkling, but do you know what? I loved it, but it made me hungry. And I thought, mm. you know what? I, I like this. Could live with this. But I think Andy King was the one, my first, and a guy called Ivan Ollett as well, who, God bless him, he passed away now. And um, they, they were the guys who believed in me, you know, as a kid. And uh, I owe them a lot. I do. I owe them a lot, you know, because they could have quite easily just washed their hands and said, 
this kid's no good. You know, he's he's not physically good enough. He's 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 small. He'll never make it. But them them guys, you know, believed in me, and I uh, I still say to this day I owe him a lot. And I think that's not just in football, is it? It's just life in general. If you've just got one person yeah. that believes in you, then you're, you're lucky, aren't you? And you can go anywhere if you're just one person. Are. And especially in the football world, because, you know, these guys are well respected. So, you know, when you think it like, if, if they think you're good enough and you think, well, yeah, do you know that? Mm. That'll do for me. Do you know, they respect the people in football. And if they think I'm good enough, well, I've got a chance. Do you know yeah. that? And, and then you end up uh, in the England under 18s. Yeah, it was again, it all happened so quick. So I broke, obviously, I was playing for Mansfield. I got a run of games as a, I think I was 17, 18 years old, playing in league football. And uh, yeah, I got this, I thought it was a wind up to be fair. So I know Andy King was a bit of a wind up merchant. And he said, he called me into his office one day. He said, uh, Right, come in it, or he's good. Bit of like, Little shit, get down here. So I was like, ah, <laughs> all right. He's a bit white for the room. I was like, I was like, oh no, I don't like this girl. <laughs> so anyway, he's like, drag me in. He went, here. It's like like a, a letter on the desk. He went, you're not with me next week. I was like, ah, all right. He's like, you went to Lillishaw. I was like, ah, <laughs> yeah. What for them? <laughs> he was like, you've been picked for these. He went, but listen, you've not done nothing. He went, you can't get my team. So he said, he said, when you go in, don't think you're Billy Big Bollocks. <laughs> so I was like, I was, I was like, oh God, I don't even, I was like, froze, you know. I was like, when you looked at names on that team sheet, I was like, I'm in League Two, you know, playing League Two football. Mm-hmm. It was like West Ham United, Man United, Liverpool. And I was like, this is not normal. I think there was me and another kid from, uh, I can't think of the other kid. There's another kid from League Two or League One who mm. was in there. What look it just looked totally like ridiculous. Do you know? I was like, <laughs> this is not <laughs> anyway, he said, right, so Monday you need to get yourself there and you're trading there for a week, like a training camp. And you've got some qualifiers coming up. So he said if you're lucky enough to make it, you know, all the best. So uh, lovely. So I went there for a week. Loved it. It was great. Got trained like royally, you know, tremendous. And and Michael Owen was there, Rio Ferdinand, all of them. Mm. I was like, you look at them now, and I'm like, I can't believe they're even playing on the same pitch as them. Do you know what I mean? They were like fantastic players, you know. Yeah. And uh, anyway, got picked. I was playing against Finland, Portugal, Northern Ireland, and I was like, I can't believe I've got picked, you know. Out of all them players, I'm like, this is like surreal, you know. But again, well, what I liked about it is I come back now and I got back, I think we played Burnley in the Cup on a, a midweek. I got recalled from obviously just finished on a training camp and Kingy going back to Burnley. And I'll tell you what, he gave me an absolute roasting. He was like, brought me right back down to earth. And I was like, he thinks he's really good bollocks now. He's uh, he's back down with us. He's been with all these high flyers and blah blah blah. He's like, and I was sat there in corner thinking, no, don't, Gaffer. I'm like, absolutely petrified, you know. But he was like, but again, it was all a tested, tested period, you know, that he tested the water and made me feel actually, you need to earn the right to play, mm-hmm. you know. You need to continue what you're doing, and yeah. I get it now, you know. 
I was I was looking at the fixture. So yeah, it was a you started, didn't you? A one 0 win over Finland. Yeah, and I think Michael Owen scored all four, didn't he? Against it was did, that against he, Northern no, Ireland. Well, the thing is, I actually room with him, so oh. I I room with him. Yeah, it's a mad story. So I got I got called on. I was on standby, and I think one of the guys got injured, and I got called called like a standby. And basically, my dad took me to Olodian in Old Marina. It was. And uh, anyway, they was all out training. Anyway, got my room key, blah, blah, blah. And I got to my room. And obviously, I don't know what I'm sharing with. And I'm like, just got put in a random room. I'm like, mm-hmm. anyway, my dad being my dad, he was like, who are you rooming with? Seeing all these names and England scoreboys and all this. <laughs> anyway, it was like, he said. And then outside the, near the bed, it was like a... Potion note, and he said, No, Mike Owen's on. If he went, You were with Mike Owen. I was like, No, I'm not. He went, Yeah, you are. Look, I was like, Oh, God. <laughs> I'm like, No, this is mad. <laughs> so, anyway, but literally, that game, he scored, obviously, he scored four goals. Mm. And uh, first time, but what a lovely kid. What a lovely, lovely kid. You know, even though he's a year younger than us, and he was, he was playing a year above his son. Mm. Just a lovely, lovely lad. and but what a talent, what a talent, yeah, yeah. unbelievable talent. I've never seen anything like it, you know. There's levels and you think, you think you're think you decent, but then you look at the levels, it's just different, different yeah. altogether, you know. Do, do you still have the caps? Did you actually get... Yeah, I've, obviously I, I've got the caps. And what happens in the youth caps is you get, basically the youth caps are green. So obviously the mm. main England ones are blue, you know. Youth caps are green and then what they do is they engrave the games Round the cap, so uh, you've got like a game here, 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 right through. So, yeah, I've got a cap here, there's probably four or five games engraved on it. Mum and dad had it for years and years, do you know, in their living room, bless them, <laughs> and uh, in a, in a cabinet. But then obviously, I moved, moved out, and my dad went, Oh, it's time for you to have it now, do you know, you're getting older, <laughs> and obviously, it's something you know, for you to. You know, talk forward to. So I've got it framed here at home, you know, yeah. and uh, yeah, it's something I can look back on and be proud of. Beckett, wide to Edwards, the ball forward first time looking for Reeves, cut out by Shatu. Then it's a gain in from Rob Edwards. Beckett, now Reeves on the edge of the area, Sean Parrish. Ryan Williams arriving at the back of the box. The ball's played in short towards Luke Beckett. Still a chance for Chesterfield. Ebden turns it back. Richardson, the ball wide, good vision. First time ball in. Oh, yes! What a goal from Ryan Williams! Superb goal from the little man. Chesterfield's number 18. A first time ball in. Lee Richardson's pass, Ryan Williams, the first time ball into the penalty area, over goalkeeper Phil Barnes, and it's 1-0 to Chesterfield. So you ended up um, obviously joining Chesterfield via Tranmere, didn't you? So you had like a, a spell at Tranmere for like a couple of seasons. You had a, like, was it an ankle injury or something like that over that? Yeah, period? well, like, like I say, I was only obviously a young boy. I got, went there as a young boy for Mansfield, and obviously they were a championship, championship club at the time. Um, you know, from top internationals, Republic of Ireland, and mm-hmm. you know, they were a good side, even in championship, they were a good side. And uh, you know, I, I was never gonna walk in that team, never, I've got lots of you know, I had lots to learn, but it was playing in a real competitive reserve league, so it was Man United, Man City, you know, a lot of the top teams in there, Everton, Liverpool, and um, 
he was playing that in, I think it was called the Ponting League or something mm. like that at the time. And uh, I went there, had a few injuries, but to be fair to John Oldridge at the time, I played about, I think it was about, started one game at Barnsley and then it was about four or five summer appearances or something like that. Nothing major. And uh, as a young lad, John, John Oldridge said to me, he said, look, I think the time's come where I think if you go out now and play league football, it would be beneficial to you. You know, you've reserve football good, but there's no nothing like playing league football. Yeah. And uh, he said, right, well, and then all of a sudden Jeff will come up and I was like, huh, back home, happy days, you know, that's great. You know, I can't believe what's happened, you know. And John, to be fair, and Kevin at the time, they spoke to me and it was an old brain. I was like, I wasn't going anywhere else, you know, there was like, we want you. Yeah. I was like, right, that's good enough for me. You know, yeah. I'll, I'll be there like a shot kind of thing. So, yeah, it was yeah. good. That's how it came about. Yeah, and it was like November, wasn't it? So it was like 99. Uh, 99, I think my first game was at Cardiff. Cardiff away. What an experience that was. I was going to say, that's a baptism of fire. <laughs> that's right in the cauldron's den, isn't it? So <laughs> I was like, well, uh, yeah. And we were struggling at the time. Big time, you know, we couldn't buy a win really. And you know, when I come, the club was struggling for results, really. You know, there was at the bottom of League One, and um, it was tough times. But you know what, it, it was good for me because you know, it made me realize that actually, you know, it's not all plain sailing, you have to dig deep sometimes. And yeah. when you see that changing room and you know, the lads around it, and how much it meant to them. You know, they were they were fighting off for the club, but they weren't always getting the results. And I think sometimes as a player, that's frustrating. Do you know, it's frustrating. And there was again, there was a lot of good lads there playing. I think Tommy Curtis was there at the time. Yeah. You know, yeah. top top professional, great great guy. Uh, you know, lots of other people, lots of other good pros, and they obviously they want to win games. You know, and they didn't want to be down at the bottom of the league. You know, it's a pride thing, and. Mm. Uh, when I got there, I thought, do you know what? These guys, you know, they're hurting and you want to win for them kind of thing. And I think we had a few decent results, you know, uh, in a short space of time. I think I think we played Bur- I think Burnley, I think, at home. That was a good result. I think mm. that was quite close by. And I uh, remember that game. And, um, yeah, stuff like that. So it was, it was testing times, but it was also good times. Yeah. Um, and obviously, John Duncan and Kevin Randall, bless them, like, the uh... Huge, huge figures for the amazing club, people. Both of them, Ama- honestly, amazing people. When you talk about football people, I've been, I've been around a lot of football people in my life, and them two guys, they're like tip top, tip top. Because yeah. you know what, Every, they had everything about them. They had like man management, unbelievable. There was proper football people. You know, a lad respected them beyond belief. I'm talking not just uh, like, I don't know anyone who's got a bad word to say about them. Mm. You know, there was proper football people. And I don't think there's many, many of them people around anymore. They was a proper old guard, you know, old school. And uh, like I say, I, they was, yeah. They were not like them two alone. They gave me a big break in football as well. Because again, took me, into league football, really. I was unknown, really. Hmm. So, I mean, into league football, give me a little, you know, say, right, prove yourself. 
and then it went from there. But yeah, again, God bless them. They're amazing, amazing people. Yeah, I had like what an, an hour Zoom with uh, John Duncan. He like got back. I, I held off from. I had his email address, and I held off from ages getting in touch with him because I was just like, I'm a bit. I'm just a bit in awe of him, and I felt like yeah. I needed to be have like a year's preparation. <laughs> and then when I emailed yeah, him, he got talk, back to me within like talk, five you, minutes. You talk, you talk about legends, you know. You talk about legends, but the the proper legend, you know, as I call football, proper legend, like what he's done in like as a player, as a manager, just everything. He's just mm. full package. He's just top you up. And I remember him. I was like talking to him about like you know what was your philosophy or your fundamentals and he just kind of reeled them off yeah you know discipline can score more set pieces than we concede yeah. uh, you know never get done in the last 10 minutes or something i think he said it no. was all these like all and these... you know what that's it he, he used to preach these all the time he used to preach them all the time and like like old school but honestly like getting results and understanding football games second to none mm. second to none yeah, and and playing at Saltergate, obviously, I feel very fortunate. I've managed to watch Chesterfield in both grounds. Not all all fans have uh, been able to to do that. It was a awesome stadium, wasn't it? Or I suppose it's a ground rather than a stadium. Put it this way: it weren't a nice place to play, was it? <laughs> it was all right if we was an home team, but I tell you what, going as an away team, I won't fancy it one bit because, like I say, the fans are on top of you. You know, there's always a good atmosphere in there, old traditional mm. ground. And, you know, let's put it right, Chesterfield fans, great fans, fantastic support. You know what? And also, but also horrible. <laughs> so, like, you know, as an away player, I won't fancy playing there. I'll tell you that, <laughs> no. And there's definitely not Soulgate when they, they can touch you taking a throw. <laughs> <laughs> and no, I don't care. Loads of players as, as well before have talked about how you could, um, because of the wooden wooden stands, you could hear people getting into the ground. You could hear it all kind of building as it got closer towards kickoff. Um, yeah, it's it's like I say them grounds. They were like they there weren't many around, and I think I speak to a lot of players now. You know, they speak to you know I speak to players now, and they say honestly, it's amazing how I didn't like playing there. Didn't yeah. like playing there. No, it was like. There's a few grounds you think, no, I don't want to go there and play. It's not for me, that. You know, and the thing is, but as an auntie, obviously it helps you. Mm-hmm. You know, because teams don't fancy it when they come there. Yeah. You know, I think having a nice little lovely stadium, you know, nice surroundings, blah, blah, blah. You know, it helps, but I think <laughs> no one used to like coming to Saltergate. No. no one. But as an auntie, it was like a dream. Absolute dream. Yeah. What did you used to have from the sandwich shop? Well, on the yeah, corner, Linda's. Yeah, yeah, Linda's, yeah. Oh, just you know. I don't know. I think I went through the menu, I think. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> but she used to be good as gold. She used to be, uh, I can remember, we used to sometimes do training in the morning. And sometimes we'd train in the afternoon. But then sometimes we'd run it afternoon. So I thought, well, we don't need too much to eat. Uh, but we couldn't resist ourselves. We used to stuff ourselves and then be sick in the afternoon. So it was uh, couldn't help herself. John and uh, Kevin used to blast us in the afternoon. And I used to be like, I wish I had that sandwich. No, <laughs> no good. No good. But um, yeah, it was great. Like say, little things like that. Little sandwich shop on the corner. You know, players used to go there every day. Every day. Staff, players. You, you don't get that now, do you? You don't no. get stuff like that now. You know, it's... Uh, Process. So obviously that season, 
uh, we got relegated. Um, but you put together a personally put together a great run of form, didn't you? Throughout that, you kind of played played well in that season. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Scotland had a good pre-season. Um, it was my first proper full season, like proper full season in football league. And, uh, you know, what I'm talking about is like being in first team friendlies, stuff like that, you know. And I think we went and played um, in Scotland. I think we went to Scotland, we played a few pre-season friendlies there, mm. played Partick Thistle and stuff like that. That was, you know, good experience. And, you know, we started the season really well. And for me personally, it was great. You know, I was I was flying. But I think that was because I was that, I don't know, I was buzzing. And like say, I'd worked really hard and got, you know, thinking, you know, this is my first chance to shine here. This is what I want to do. And I want to try and make a statement. And I think that was a big part of it. You know, I was like really hungry, really hungry for it. And I think not only that, the, the senior players, they, they was the one who was like, driving us on as well because we had a good blend at that time we had obviously a lot of senior players younger players and even like young, even younger players who just mm. come into the team you know like literally from youth level reserve level you know real young and I think we had a good blend there and I think that's what put us in good stead yeah and obviously that 2000-2001 season um, uh, Nicky Law kind of is but obviously took over at the end of the season before, didn't he? But uh, kind of had that that full season. What was that like? That kind of change because you end up having a well, Nicky, obviously Nicky. Nicky had his own his own methods, his own ideas. And by the way, good, very good, very good in certain aspects. Really good. A lot different to John and Kevin. Obviously, they were a lot of the old guard. But I think Nicky come in. He had a different mindset. You know, he's he's a winner. Nicky's a winner. There's nothing to draw as that. I remember when I was watching him as a young boy. I used to watch him play for Chesterfield as a young boy and not being horrible, he, he was horrible. I wouldn't have liked playing against him. Do you know, he's an old-fashioned defender. Do you know, he's rough and ready, but also a good player, very good player. And uh, I think he brought a lot of his methods from a player into a management. So he's a winner, you know, hard to beat, very hard to beat, very, like, uh, regimented. So basically, not concede, clean sheets, and obviously have attacking flair. You know, like counter attack really. Have a lot of attacking flair down the wings, and people who could score, you know, goals at the top, but a solid foundation. Mm. Well, but yeah, Nicky, Nicky is a Nicky is a manager. Yeah, again, I speak highly of him. You know, I, I do. You know, I, we had his ups and downs. Of course, we did, and near the end, but he. You know, as a as a manager, and as, again as a guy, he was great. You know, I've got nothing to, a bad word to say about him. He, he was fine. Yeah, he's he's another guy I've had on the podcast, and I have to admit, I was a little bit scared throughout the whole interview. To be honest, he is quite. Think, he's yeah, got like a, a, a quite an intimidating aura about him. Think how I felt as a young kid getting bollocked <laughs> off him. <laughs> Mate, that's scary. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was just on the other side of a video screen, and I was like. I'm quite scared. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, but again, again, he went out to get good money. You know, he did really well in management. And you know what? I'm not shocked because mm. he was very good at what he did. Very good. You know, he went to Bradford. You know, and I think he was real. Obviously, he was at Oldford for a lot, a lot of years. But he did really well. He, you know, really well. And I'm not surprised at it because he was very. He worked hard. He got his side organised and how to be. 
Yeah. And for any uh, kind of younger fans that are watching the the podcast that maybe never saw you play in the flesh, like how would you have described yourself as a player? I was a bit, um, how can I put it? I, I was a bit old-fashioned, like an old-fashioned winger, really. So obviously I relied a lot on my pace. You know, I was a lot on my pace and I was direct. You know, I, I like I like to think I excited people when I played. Um, you know, I, I'll be honest, I made mistakes. Of course I did, like any player, but I like to think how I played was, you know, expansive. You know, I was out and out winger, basically, mm. an out and out winger. I don't think, I think now it's more wing-backs, isn't it? I think play yeah. a lot of wing-backs now. Uh, but I think when I played, I was more an out and out winger, where it was like giving the ball, right, on your back, here's your full-back, what can you do kind of thing. So you don't really get that nowadays, do you? It's uh, more yeah. cat and mouse, you know, wing backs. Uh, I don't know. It's it's different. It's different from when I played. I think, but um, you know, it's, you move you move with the times, don't you? You know, wing backs are a big part of the game now. And but I think when I played, yeah, and I that wing grew like to excite people. Mm. And like you don't have to say it, but I can. But it is the, like the most exciting position on the pitch, isn't it? A, a full on. Attacking winger, like at the moment now, we've got Ryan Colclough that's just come in and yeah. he gets it and he runs. And you look at his stats, he does like 30 dribbles a match or something like that. It gets it head down, takes people on. So, so right. So, what I'm saying to you, exactly what I'm saying to you, is very, you very rarely get that nowadays. Mm. So, what I'm saying to you is obviously Ryan's coming to the club and now people are going, oh, wow, he's a bit like a blast from the past. Yeah. You know, he's like, he gets at people. He dribbles, he takes people on every time he gets it, he, you know, he goes and drives at people and it lifts people off the seats and, mm. you know, you don't get that much nowadays, you know, you don't, that don't happen nowadays and like I say, I, I like to think, again, similar kind of player, you know, you, you know, you sway your full back up and you get home, you know, you beat them and get across in the box or get shot off or, and like I say, I keep, I keep tabs on the games and mm. I noticed he's scoring quite a lot recently and, you know, and he's doing something right, isn't he? So, yeah. you know, it's, again, it's probably it's great for that. You know, you can see them type of players because they do get bummed off seats, don't they? Like you say, it does almost seem a bit old-fashioned nowadays. Everyone's like a central attacking yeah. <laughs> midfielder now, aren't they? You do. <laughs> kind you of doing the same type of thing. That so-called, oh, he plays in that number 10 in behind, he does this, he does that, and I'm like, I don't get it, you know. I don't get. I get it in modern football, but obviously I don't get it from when I played. So, mm. but it's yeah, it's different. You know, it, you know, there's some talented players now. Of course, they're all good technicians, aren't they? You know, they're yeah. very technically good. You know, and you know, I think I've seen a couple of Chesterfield games on the um, on the Sky. You know, the mm-hmm. BT Sport National, yeah, yeah. you know, games and and the kids. Is it Dobra? Very talented, mm. technical kid. What I'm saying is technically good, very good, and he's good on the eye, you know. And it's stuff like that. It's it, you know players like that. They, they're exciting, and you want to see them play, don't you? Yeah, and he proper winds opposition fans up as well, which is really that, fun. Like what, people that, forget sometimes that football is about entertainment, and actually, it's good to have hey, someone that's listen, a proper wind-up merchant. As I call it, cat and mouse. It's all about all about the game. You have to wind people up, <laughs> put them off the game. <laughs> Roger Willis down the line. 
Fortune comes across straight away. Willis sends a good ball inside, a good run from Galloway. Beckett now if he can drive one. Blue shirts arriving in vast numbers all of a sudden. Ebden in the area. Beckett giving turn. Still Lou Beckett. Yes! Ryan Williams against his former club. Scores for the Spotlights. Galloway. Payne's got a man on him straight away. Plays the ball forward. Beckett controlled it well. Held it well, Lou Beckett. That's a great ball. Fantastic ball from Lou Beckett. Parrish is away here. Ryan Williams arriving at the back post. That's where he's gone. And it's 4-0 to Chesterfield. Ryan Williams' second goal of the afternoon. Chesterfield 4, Mansfield Chow 0. And a delighted Ryan Williams on the far side of the field. It's a blue afternoon at Saltergate. I noticed that there was that 4-0 win against Mansfield. When's this? Like September 2000? Um, you scored twice in that and your first goal was in front of the Mansfield fans and there's always that thing isn't there nowadays like a well you don't celebrate against your old club type thing you were like <laughs> well do you know what what it was I think as a footballer you know it's I get obviously Mansfield you know start there blah 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 but I think as a footballer if you in the at the moment obviously you know it's a local derby you've got a lot of stick off their fans all day Mm-hmm. you've got absolutely peppered and then obviously you score well what would your natural instinct be you won't be going when you've been battered up for the last half an hour or whatever yeah, yeah. taking a little scumbag blah 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 every name calling your family blah 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 but it's part of football from Mansfield point of view I get it you know it is what it is mm-hmm. you know, as a footballer that's part of your job you're there to do a job play for your team you're playing for do your best for your team you're playing for and that's it. But I think it was just probably a bit, as a young boy, probably a bit excitable. <laughs> but um, it's a local derby. And, you know, at the end of the day, I, <laughs> I get reminded about it all the time. You know, <laughs> you know, you can't win, can you? So it's like, you've done this. But you know what? It makes me laugh because people always exaggerate. He's he done this, he done this, he done this. I'm like, think whatever. But he... You're talking nonsense, kind of thing, you know. It's, it is what it is. And when I played football, I just passed it as it was my job, and I want to do the job best of my ability. You know, the club employed me, and you know what? I was a, I was a Chesterfield lad. I had always been brought in Chesterfield. I yeah. went to school there. All my school friends, like say, Rich and Rich, who are still going out mm. all the time. You know, I think you know Rich, don't you? So yeah, really, yeah, yeah. They go all the time. Right, so prime example. They, my mates, they're all just real fans. It's like yeah. you know, it's not, and they was there to do a job for for town, and that's what I was doing at the time. It's nothing personal, nothing personal at all. And that day, you just do, you score, you pay to do a job, you do it to your best of your ability. And I, I remember talking to uh, Luke Beckett, and he was like, "Whenever I score a goal, I'm in the fans." It's the best. He's like, it's the best feeling in the world. I well, don't it, care who it against. You know if what? I played from before, I'm in the fans. <laughs> it's true because it's adrenaline, it's the balls, everything. It's like um, until it happens to you, I don't think you can explain it. Mm. You know, you know, you're in it all together, aren't you? It's like mm. you know, you're in it all together. Like for that year, we're all in like for promotion. So every win is a massive thing, and mm. you know, if you want to be collective and togetherness. You want to be all at fans, management, players. You want to be all in it together, don't you? Yeah. And yeah. It, that, that was no different. 
it doesn't matter whether you play Manchester or Liverpool or whoever. If you win, you win. And win at all costs. Hmm. Totally. So that season then, in that 2000-2001, obviously very turbulent behind the scenes as well. Stuff was kind of happening. And you had to kind of nine-point deduction. You have to kind of win promotion twice. Um, it's uh, I've, I've spoke to like Sean Parrish and a, a few other people around then talking about how that kind of created that spirit of us against the world type thing amongst the players, I suppose. It was well, a strange time. Again, I think you're never going to get a scenario like that probably again, really. Um, it's quite, it's hard to explain. It was surreal. You know, we got investigations going off, police coming in, FA police coming in, saying, you're doing this, you're doing that. The owner's doing this, he's, he's in the investigation for this. And you're like, we're just trying to play the football game here. We're trying to win games. You know, all we want is to go up. You know, and Nicky's coming in saying, right, lads, this was like, you know, chairman's FA's investigating this, doing this, doing this. And it was every day. There was someone coming in. But I thought, do you know what? The, the togetherness and that team spirit and that, that group of players, I don't think there's anything that comes close to it. Like, it's... Mm. I've never experienced anything like it. It was... Again, we go back to seeing it like Reevesy, Sean Parrish, Tommy Curtis, um, Steve Tuttle. A lot like... Endless. Lots and lots of players. And for those younger boys, like I say, they've got me... I think Jamie Ingoldow was there, he was a bit younger. Um, Danny Williams, you know, lots lots of inexperience. And for us, it was a bit like, a bit took back by it. We were like, mm-hmm. you know, what's going on here? Do you know? And, we get, and then it was like, you're not getting paid, you're getting paid, you're not getting paid. It was like, you know, it's all right for us who were living at home, but like the older boys who've got mortgages and families, and it yeah. was like, you could see it was stressful for them. You know, they was like worried. And um, but you know what? Even all that was going on, they kept all the group tight knit, and we still managed to do it. Which, which is an achievement. It's still the best that you know. I've had promotions after that, but for me, that was just the best achievement up there with playing for my country. I think I've ever, ever, I've ever had. When I look mm. back on it, it's probably the best thing I've what's ever happened really. Yeah, and I think it was Sean Parrish talking about the Brighton away game. Yeah. Where you ended up scrapping in a porter cabin or, or something. Yeah, I think but, that, and, and you know what? It's true. It's like, if you told some of these stories, you'd be like, no, that's not true. But he was. It was like, he got porter cabin. It was like, his changing rooms, the old, obviously old Brighton ground. Like, did you go there? No, I never went there, no. Oh, it was like a running track. It was like an athletics yeah. team, but it was like stand all over the place. And then it cornered with like port cabins for changing rooms. Mad, mad scenario. But literally, you got like a little tunnel at port cabins, home and away, blah, blah, blah. And literally, all hell broke loose in the middle. And I was like, what is going on here? There was bodies flying all over. And I'm like, I'm glad I'm at back here and I'll outweigh this because they had some big lads at that front. I'm thinking, I don't want to be near there. They had blabbers and all them thinking, you boys are on your own. I'll just stay out back here. <laughs> let yeah, let them uh, take charge carnage. of that. <laughs> Obviously, it's carnage. But you know what? It, they stuck together. They stuck together and didn't matter whatever went off. Then that's why we ended up going up because 
there was no team spirit like it. Nothing. Yeah. And and like you scored 13 goals that, uh, no, eight goals that season, I think. 13 overall, wasn't it, I think? Yeah, I think but... it's 13 in all comps. Yeah, I think it yeah. was. Uh, as a winger, I'd say you take that. You know, you take that. It's, you know, you'd like to think, I always think as a winger, double figures, it's, you know, it's now that you think that's a decent, um, decent goal tally. Uh, but, yeah, we had a good team. You know, I, I you know, great, my job was creating goals as well. But I think to score that many goals in that season and to help us get up, it was, you know, it was massive. It was mm. massive. But it weren't just down to me. I mean, I got a lot of, like, like Reevesy and Luke bringing me into play and Reevesy flicking balls on where I could run on to. You know, it weren't just, I, I got a lot of opportunities from other people. Mm. And, you know, it was all down to my teammates who was, you know, there was top top players, and that's the only reason I've scored that many. Because I probably should have scored more, really. Should have scored more, but it was only because down to them boys being their top draw that I got that many. But did you have any favourite goals that you scored? Oh, Chesterfield. Um, they're all great, aren't they? But uh, <laughs> I think one of my first, obviously, I scored against Burnley, which was nice. Uh, yeah. Not in great circumstances, but from a strike point of view, it was a, a nice goal. Um, always scoring in the local derby is always nice. A couple of goals, and but I think they were all, you know, I think Blackpool was a decent one. And did you mean that one against Blackpool? You know what people say, I didn't, but actually, I did. If you look, there was no look, so I was like, Mm -hmm. Well, and to be fair, my mate was in goal for them that day, and he he still says, Now, Phil Barnes was in goal that day. I played with him at games when he says, Still, you didn't mean that, you're joking. Stay on your line, otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> so we still have that argument now, and a good crack with that. But he he reminds me of that. But yeah, I did mean it. Yeah, I did mean it. But it's, that was one of my favourite goals, I think, as well. But they listen, they were they were all decent. You know, all great goals. That you know, Rob, you name it. They were they all decent goals. Beckett charging forward. Oh, it's been closed down. Ryan Williams, what can he do with a ball? What can he do? He can do that! What a strike from Ryan Williams! And that has now won the game for Chesterfield. The golden goal rule replies. And Chesterfield will go through into the next round. But an absolutely superb finish from Ryan Williams. Are there any players that you like felt were like on your same wavelength? You know, like sometimes there's there's players in teams where you think, oh, they're on each other's wavelength. You know, we've had well, a lot of great centre midfielders around. I used to have a big, massive bond with Ravesy and Luke because obviously I used to, we used to be the link where we used to like, mm. I'd get balls in, I'd get under it, right, I'll flick it on you, get on the end of it. You know, and I think them two, because I had that connection with playing wise. Uh, I think, but I also love playing with Sean Parrish as well because mm-hmm. he used to, I kind of put you to feed us a lot, you know, give me the ball, I'll have a lot in good positions and, and he used to make my life a lot easier because he used to give me the ball early. And then Ian Brecken was the other one, Ian Brecken mm-hmm. was good. Ian Brecken was like, for even from centre-half, he was to zip it out to me and say, right, here you are. But it was so important to me, our plays, is that I got the ball early where I could express what I was doing. And I always think players like that, I always think, well, them players will give me that ball early. I always think, yeah. But there, I think Pazza, 
Ian Brecken, and like I say, the two for, the two forward boys who were different class. Different yeah. class. You don't get better than them two as a pair. And I think it, in any any league for in the lower divisions, it lasts. I've been to different last twenty years. Uh, so, so just to kind of finish off last bit. Obviously, other teams you played for. Um, obviously, you went on to to Hull, didn't you? You had a kind of a good game against them, which always helps, yeah. I think, doesn't it? Um, but you, that was a um, big club to play for. Yeah, massive club. Um, you know, obviously, you look at them now. It's you know they've got a big fan base. You know, they'll, they'll get a lot of people watching them even now. They've had a few stints in Premiership, but obviously when I went, it was just League Two, League One, and you know that the steady build-up process. But the the football club—it's a massive football club. You know, it's the fan base is huge, and but there's expectations come with that as well. You know, the pressures and if like going there, it opened my eyes really. I didn't realise how big the club was till I actually went. I played there before and knew, you know, we get a lot of fans there. But when you go, as time goes on, they went to the new stadium and, you know, you think, wow, this is like a big, big club. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I was in that transition period, really. But I had uh, two years at uh, Booth and then went to KC for a year. Hmm. You know, so it was a nice time to really play. But again, I, I didn't have a great time there. But well, I, I couldn't get, you know, I had a lot of injuries, I had knee problems, I had, you know, I could never get, Two, three months playing, three months off, blah, blah. So, you yeah. know, I'm not going to lie, I didn't have a great time there. You know, I enjoyed the football club, don't get me wrong. It was, but from a playing point of view, I could probably could never get going, you know, which was a bit disappointing because I went there thinking, well, you know, if you're playing well at a club like that, it, you know, it takes you to the next level, doesn't it? So, mm. but it was one of the things you can't look back and here's what it is. But yeah. yeah I still enjoyed my time there. Don't get me wrong, you know. I still enjoyed my time there. It was, it was good. Which, which were your kind of favourite memories of clubs from your whole careers? Then, which, uh, which, um, which um, clubs did you really like? Like being, I love. I'm not gonna lie, because I'm sorry. I love being at Cess Road. Honestly, it was amazing. Just everything about it, like promotion. I don't know. I had a few promotions, but I think that promotion was the best out of a lot because the circumstances, you know. Mm. And not only that, the learning curve, the learning curve I had uh, being such a young kid. Um, I enjoyed myself, like I say, at Bristol Rovers. I had a good time at Bristol Rovers. Mm-hmm. Enjoyed my time there. For You know, it's a lovely part of the country to live in. You know, I, that that football club was fantastic. All the shot, obviously, conference now. that mm-hmm. You know, we got promotion there from conference into League Two. That was great. You know, that was... And I know how difficult getting promotion out of conferences it's as you know it's very very hard it's that league Ridiculous. people don't realize how difficult it is you know it's, it's a very hard league there's a lot of good teams in there a lot of big mm. clubs you know people class it as non-league it's not non-league at all it's not non-league at all it's no. it's proper football clubs you know who play some good stuff and you know they're all full-time outfits as well so i think getting promotion from conference to league two was was a good one yeah, uh, that was a good one. Um, and then it was just a case of obviously when I started, I had a cruciate ligament injury, and then I was never the same, to be honest. Never the same. I started like a lot of my game was pace and, you know, and stuff like that. And people say you come back, but you're never the same. You're never the yeah. same. You lose that 
couple of yards and, you know, that bit of zip. And I think mentally sometimes you think different, you know. Mm. I think that, again, not my downfall, but I just thought I realised actually I could play at a level, but at conference, conference, no, I'm all right playing at that level, but I think to go like the next step and go back up, it probably was never going to happen, you know, because I think that injury did score for my, you yeah. know, my chances really, the way I played basically. So, mm. and it's it's like interesting, despite those uh, kind of injuries and things, you were you you played for. How many years were you were you playing for? Oh, yeah, 20, played, 20 plus? I, I, I played a lot of years. I played a lot of years. It was just... What I'm getting at is I could mm. never play like in my peak. Yeah, I, yeah. I relied yeah. on a lot of tools, which I couldn't do anymore. So I could do it upstairs, but my legs couldn't do it. So mm. <laughs> I, I played it a decent, like say, played till... When did I finish? I think I was about 30... 30... 36, 37, playing like semi-pro or yeah, something yeah. like that, which played for Gainsborough and Scarborough and teams like that, you know. And I mean, Again, it was great, but again, it was just, it's a young man's game, so eventually it comes to it, unless you're Ryan Giggs. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, it comes to an end. And, you know, I, I know when my time was up and I thought, you know what, I've enjoyed my time and now time to spend more, more time on golf course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just to have a little kick around every now and then you know what I've not played for ages I keep getting um, I, I had a few a season two years with a couple of mates in the Vets League you know I'll just kicking about but because I work every other weekend now it's mm. uh, it's too much and then I yeah. watch obviously I watch my my boy play as well every uh, weekend I'm off so he takes a lot of time watching him so I don't get a chance really to be yeah. honest, might have a old five side in there, but not very often. <laughs> and uh, does your lad does he take after you? Same position, or is it different? He is. He's well. If we go back, he's playing. He wasn't wing. He's playing wing back now, so he's he is a similar position in that area. So he's uh, he has a chip off the old block. Like he's got um, a lot of similarities with I have. You know, mm. he's very quick, and you know, he's he's got a lot to learn. He's got a hell of a lot to learn. He's as a young boy, you know, trying to make his career in it. And uh, but time will tell, you know, in football it's you know how it works, it can soon uh, turn the other way. But as long as he's working hard, that's that's the main thing. Yeah. And and like you alluded to, uh finally that, that national league, it's an absolute pig to get out it, of. And and it's it kind of it's good in a way because dropping to the national league in a way, it kind of gives you a new appreciation of a whole different part of football that you're quite ignorant to when you're just in a, in the football league you just kind of live and exist in the football league but when you go to the national league it actually opens up a whole new world of football which is actually quite exciting and quite enjoyable a lot of the time but at the same time it's horrid getting out of it isn't it it's a nightmare honestly it's that like i was saying before that league is tough it's very hard and there's like say don't, don't there's a lot of good teams in it as well there's a lot of good players in it you know, people don't realise actually. If you don't watch it every week like you do, you'll mm. realise actually there's some good outfits in it. Yeah. You know, it, there's no mugs no more. It's not like they train on the Tuesday and the Thursday night. Them days are done, finished. These are like top operators, you know. And you look at Wrexham now and, you know, not the big budgets, you know, a lot of mm. top football league players, good football league. You look at Paul Money, lots of yeah. good players, football, they could play a lot higher up. But, 
they're playing at that level, yeah, playing at that level for a reason. But what I'm saying is, there's some top players. It's it's not that easy no more. Mm. And you know, I think people, like you said, if Chesterfield are in the mix, I think Chesterfield are in that mix. You know, Notts County, Wrexham, Chesterfield, yeah. similar kind of um, teams, and anyone could beat anyone on the day. Hopefully, Chesterfield could do it. And you know, they've got play. I'm, you know, what I've seen. Well, I'm thinking they've got more than they're more than capable of beating anybody mm. on the on the day, and uh, fingers crossed that they uh, that they can do it. And your message to Paul Cook would be: get the wingers in, <laughs> get the old-fashioned <laughs> wingers in, yeah. But no, don't sign me no more because I can't run, I can't run no more. <laughs> <laughs> you sure we can't have an option off the bench? Last, uh, uh... Yeah, if they want water, I can bring water. In. <laughs> <laughs> we need a, need some water carriers. I can do that. <laughs> great well thanks for coming on and uh having a chat uh about your time and any well, other last final memories of uh of chesterfield before we uh before we sign well, up okay. i think i could be here all night it's um too many to mention you know but i think my memory is just i've never been in a team environment like you know a group of players like that never like, i've been to a lot of clubs and there have been some good team, you know, hmm. put togetherness. But I think that that group of players, you know, put me in good stead and I'll never forget the time there. You know, never, never yeah. forget and I appreciate what they did for me. And uh, fingers crossed I can get back to where they, where they belong and that's in that football league. Williams with a quick free kick. Little back heel. Williams! Oh, that was superb from Chesterfield. Ryan Williams with a quick free kick. David Rees with a flick on. And Williams put it between the goalkeeper's legs.